Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name is Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by our general manager, David Byram, aka DB. Hey, DB. Hi, Dominic. How are you? It's great to be here. Doing really well. And you and I were on an episode some time ago with a special guest who we've invited back, Jared McMahon. Hey, Jared. Hi, Dom. How are you? Yeah, doing well. But, you know, I guess we're all dealing with a few challenges in this, you know, crazy world with COVID and and whatnot. Yeah, well, we're maintaining our social distance here with me phoning in. (laughs) That's right. Maintaining good practice. I think you couldn't almost be further away from us, Jared. You're right at the bottom end of mainland Australia. We've got to keep Tasmania in mind, though. Yeah. Can't get much further south on the mainland than where I am at the moment. Well, you know, Jacinda from New Zealand is joining the uh, National Cabinet, so who knows? Maybe uh, there'll be a new island annexed. Who knows? That's controversial, but I guess I get to say it because I'm from New Zealand, so that's all right. That's not what we're here to talk about. What we were going to talk about Really is, we've had you on the show before, Jared, because you're a founder of a business, so Shape Australia. For people who don't know Shape, Jared, how would you describe it? We specialize in commercial interiors. So if you think office fit out and refurbishment, hotel refurbishment, that's what we do. And we do that all over, all over Australia. Yeah, fantastic. And we've had you on the show before, Jared, because you guys have been very successful bringing in culture change and leadership development and had great success as a business to you know correspond with that and as a result of that. And so what we want to do is bring you in today as, as a business owner, as one of the founders, um, to talk about you know how have you seen the impact of this COVID situation and the lockdown and all that? How has it impacted on business and how has Shape been responding to it as a business? Are you up for that? Yeah, for sure. Well, I guess, first of all, this is the first, the business has been going for 30 plus years. Mm. And this is the first crisis. We've seen uh, other crises over 30 years, global financial crisis, recessions, other health scares. This is the first one where I haven't been actively engaged on the leadership team, if you like. So I've been more looking from the outside in. And that's been really interesting to see how our current leadership team has handled the crisis management. And I've got to say from the outset, it's, uh, the team's done exceptionally well. Wonderful. It's been a an approach of, uh, of total openness and transparency. It's been, there's been a lot of empathy in mm. the messaging. We've been able to keep our sites operational. Obviously, productivity's been affected by the social distancing rules. We've pretty much not officially closed the offices, but most people that aren't in our front line on site. And I've got to say, our site people have been absolutely magnificent through this. They're the heroes, as far as I'm concerned, in Shape's response. But people working from home, a lot, most of our, I'll say, office or non-site based people are working from home. There's a few people, mm. I think, in the office observing all the, all the proper protocols, of course. So keeping people connected has been a challenge. We've been, I think, lucky or fortunate in the sense that the business is always being a having, we've probably got a hundred site building sites running across Australia at any mm. given time. So we've always worked remotely to a sense and we've had the inf- technological infrastructure in place that people are able 
to effectively work from home and we're able to communicate because of the spend and investment we've made on our technology over the years. So it's been a godsend. And we're actually finding with our monthly staff meetings or people meetings uh, in each of the states, attendance is at record highs and they're held electronically using things like Zoom or Microsoft Teams. And there's more people attending those than we would normally get in face-to-face meetings just because of the difficulty of us being so spread out across building sites, as I said, and the like. So, And the innovation that the leadership teams in each of the states are bringing to those meetings is fantastic. They'll cut live to building sites during those meetings. And so we, I think we went around in the Victorian meeting the other day across four sites around Melbourne and... Uh, the site teams there took us through what was happening. So, yeah, they've worked really well. It's awesome, Jared. So to be fair to say that not only your culture but some of your systems and technology side gave you guys a real running start for uh, the COVID-19 health crisis, which is becoming an economic crisis challenge. It is, and uh, we don't know. It's too early to make a call on how uh, business will be affected, but you can't think with such a serious help but think with such a serious contraction in the general economy and the GDP, there's going to be a serious impact for all businesses. So our focus is on keeping keeping our team together through this. I think after such a quick and serious retraction in the general economy, there'll be a, a faster bounce back than, than we saw, say, from uh, through the GFC, which was a really slow, long haul out of it. I think this one will bounce back more quickly. But there's just still so many unknowns. We're probably eight weeks into the crisis as we're speaking, and there's still so many unknowns, when restrictions are going to be eased, what that looks like. So uh, we're just, and our leadership team is just keeping communicating with our people, saying, you know, we're all in this together. The messaging is consistent. It's never been panicky. It's been fact-based. It doesn't repeat some things that are unnecessarily, I think, on the news, and and there's been some sensationalist reporting in the mainstream media, which I don't think has helped the help the crisis at all either. So, you know, we're just trying to deal with the facts. Some good insights in there. Consistent, regular communication that's factual. Really good insights. So, from your outside eyes. Sorry, sorry Debbie, if I could just say that, and perhaps most importantly, and staying, staying true true to our values. Mm, yeah. Which is, you know, it's, it's in a crisis when times are hard is when you get tested on your values, you know, and is it truly a value that you stick to? is showing when things are difficult, you know. For sure, Dom. And to that point, we're due to run our annual culture culture measure, our annual survey, right here, right now. And we had a constructive discussion about whether we should be running the survey right here, right now. And the decision was, yeah, well, what better time to test your culture and see how it's holding up when the organisation and the world's under pressure. Jared? What difference do you think it made the work you had already done in that department? You know, because you talked about having the technology set up before you came in here and that probably helped you, you know, make that leap. What about with the culture work? How do you think that's impacted, you know, your response as an organization to what's going on? Oh, I think it culture underpins everything in business. So it's uh, all the things I think we've done well are driven, driven off that constructive culture. So the lack of panic, the lack of, I suppose, blame. Isn't, mm. no, no one's blaming. blaming. We're just dealing what we've, we've got to deal with. We're dealing with the cards that we've been dealt and the rest of the community as a whole and the business community have been dealt. So uh, it's uh, 
we're all in this together. Mm. And uh, how do we look through look through to the other side? There'll be opportunities through it, through the other side of it, and just how do we best get through it together? Mm. You've just summarised your culture very well, then, Jared. You've talked about looking to the future and not getting drawn into that emotion of what's what's going on and staying true to yourselves, which is no doubt a credit to everybody, you and everybody at Shape and the leadership team at Shape and what they've done. From your eyes outside looking in, what would you say are the two or three key things that the culture's allowed you to do to sustain where you are? The first thing I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate is, is communication, the ability to communicate openly and honestly with our people. Secondly, I think the strength of relationships we've built with customers and suppliers through having a constructive culture has been really important to getting through. And they're probably, they're probably the two main things. And that's all about culture, isn't it? All about relationships, both internally within the firm, how our people engage with each other, and then how we, how we engage and uh, how we respect our customers and consultants and our, our suppliers and subcontractors. Yeah, it's very well said, Jared. I had upset. It's funny, I was talking to someone earlier and I, I said, you can't over-communicate, but communicate openly, honestly, consistently, share the facts, be authentic, because people know the pain you're going through. So uh, just be true to yourself. Agreed. So if we were to transition slightly, we also know that you're an accredited practitioner and we know that you've been doing some remote debriefing. How's that experience been going for you, Jared? Well, well, I was I've always been of a view that face to face debriefs, particularly the initial debrief, if it's the first LSI, for someone just to build that rapport and trust, which I think is critical in a debrief that was best done face to face. And if I think about the word best, that might still be the case. But I'm amazed with uh, technology. So I've probably well, I don't know, about 10 or either initial debriefs on LSI and leadership impact or, or reruns since uh, COVID broke. And I reckon they're not, about 90% as effective as face-to-face, and that's got to be good enough when you factor in all the travel. You know, I travel around the country doing debriefs across all of Australia to all our offices, travel, hotels and the like, aeroplanes. Mm. Uh, and I can, you can effectively, you can get through more debriefs so you can hopefully positively positively touch people you know more often doing it virtually and some of the tools that hs has released to help virtual debriefs have been great as well in helping with that which ones have you been using i'm using the flip book if i can use that term for the uh, self-development guide yeah using that that's if the if the hard pack hasn't arrived with uh-huh. the person before we're debriefing that's that is the case sometimes and using I'm struggling to think of, of the word, but it's the the, the um, action planning uh-huh. booklet. Yeah, I think is useful. Particular part specifically, I don't like leaving a debrief with at least starting an action plan, and there's often a meeting within uh, four weeks to firm up that action plan after people have had a chance to action plan for change. Mm. After people have had more time to digest the feedback, mm. the self assessment. Mm. So uh, yeah, I. I think all the all the virtual tools are great. Yeah, I think I'm with you as well. I think, you know, I conducted a few virtual debriefs in the past, mainly for people who lived outside major cities or something like that, or where travel was an option, uh, was a hindrance for some reason. 
and I always said, you know, face to face or nothing kind of stuff. But I've I've reversed my position a lot. <laughs> I think having done quite a few of them now, they're pretty good. I I actually really like it. And I think for myself, even post this time, post social distancing, when we're all back in the office or or whatever the world looks like in the future, it's definitely an option I'm going to leave in the mix. You know, for various situations, I think you know I'd still prefer face to face, but it's a pretty close second. I think that's a really good call. I think we're all learning to it. Uh to adapt in this new normal, and it, it works pretty well. I think I'm going to steal your line from here earlier, Jared. It, it is possible yeah. to actually do them. Also, I was going to say, I suppose what practitioners are probably looking for is some simple tips and insights from the experience the three of us have had over the last six to eight weeks doing more virtual debriefs than we probably have <laughs> Previous previously. Yeah. Well, to start with, you can you can get through more of them. I think that's important. So you're dealing with data that's more current, if you like. So we typically run our surveys in batches of uh, about eight to ten people every fortnight or so. So uh, sometimes I'd be, with travelling around the country, I'd be debriefing someone maybe three months after the survey was run, and that's got its limitations. Yeah. Uh, so now I'm getting through them you know, in a much more efficient and timely manner. I think that's powerful. And I'm getting through more of them because, you know, I'm not without all the commuting. You're just more productive if you're in essentially a desk-based role. I think this is going to change the COVID, COVID-19. is going to change the way a lot of people work permanently. And it's proved to a lot of, I think, doubting organisations, perhaps with not effective cultures uh, that mm. didn't really promote flexible working. And we have always promoted flexible working and we've been pushing it pretty hard for the last few years, which has been, again, timely, that it is possible and in some roles people are actually more productive. Now, yep, I don't think people should ever work remotely 100% of their time because that human interaction is critical and I think it's critical to culture as well mm. that you get that balance. But we're finding things at shape. A lot of our people are uh, certainly finding themselves more productive, working flexibly. Some of the more extroverted people are really missing <laughs> missing the interaction of the office as well. So I think it's just going to be getting the balance when uh, things go back to normal. But I think some things will, won't go back to normal, and I think that'll be for the better. So there will be some good things come out of this. It's hard to sit here and say that at the moment, but there'll be some good change come out of this. It's not something you'd have ordered off the menu. No, no. <laughs> it's a bloody thing, but... Um, There's probably a joke in there. We should stay away. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Well, they you say can't that, go to a restaurant, unfortunately, at the moment, but oh, that's true. hopefully changing soon. Well, they say the necessity is the mother of invention, isn't it, or mm. something along those lines. So, you know, it's got us trying new things, and actually, hey, some of these things are pretty good. What, what would your tips be, DB? What would you say? Yeah, good question. I think there's... A couple of things that I've found that really works, and it's a lot of what Jared, it's, you can't underestimate that rapport building up front, and in face-to-face, you generally do it a little bit more socially. Uh. What I'm finding is virtually, it's still worth spending that 15 minutes really doing the rapport building. I do everything via video, not just phone alone. So just have the, the screens up, seeing each other, just talking to each other, and asking it talking about the expectations, what they have, what they want to get out of the debrief, and really just taking the time to do that rapport building. Uh. I think mechanically I'm being a little bit more process-orientated in doing that. 
because I'm finding it harder to read people, obviously through mm-hmm. the virtual world, you can't see all the body language. Mm. So I'm really trying to build that rapport. And then I'm actually trying to do the slow reveal. So I'm sharing my screen and showing the, showing the report as a slow reveal and then talking through the report in a slow reveal, as we would in a debrief, but just mm-hmm. showing them aspects on the screen. I'm getting very adapted, knowing what page number to go to in the report. Yeah, right. You've learned the page numbers. So I've almost got, wow. the page, almost got the page numbers down pat. Wow. I can flick to the page numbers in the report. And that I find really helps them take on board and we pause and we can talk about their data. And then to Jared's point, I always like to leave them with a really solid next steps. So what I'm doing is I'm emailing the participant or the person I'm debriefing at the end of the debrief. And in that email, I summarize the key two or three things we spoke about. I then talk about what the next steps would be and assign some activities or some homework to do on those next steps. Mm. And I provide links to the flipping book and the action planning guide. And then I circle back, if this is a follow-up session, I circle back the week before just to check in, see how they're going and what's going on on that session. Yeah, great. Yeah, to, to the point of rapport building as well, uh, that, the satisfaction items in uh, the LS1 booklet. I think it's page 13. You're probably wrong, but that's my guess. Oh, everyone's trying to call page numbers now. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great, I think a great one. After you've had the, you know, the initial important discussion about getting to know each other as best you can that DB was talking about, that you can flesh out based on those satisfaction items. You know, so you can build that personal interaction mm. as well through that. Mm. You know, it's a good call. There's some, there's some very insightful questions in, in, in that list. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, really good call, Jared. That satisfaction page allows you to have a really good conversation up front. That's a great, great tip. What about you, Dom? What are you doing? Oh, look, I think pretty much aligned with you guys. I think I've found with, with the rapport building stuff, yeah, I think the interesting opportunity now is that we're like in each other's houses, you know, in a way. So it's almost more personal in some ways, um, even if we're not face to face. And so in my experience, people have been really up for having a chat, maybe because we're not seeing as many people now or something like that. And it bridges that divide between the professional and the personal, you know? So, you know, how are you going is not just at work, but also, you know, at home dealing with, you know, maybe you've got school age kids that you're trying to homeschool and, you know, all this stuff going on at the same time. So I think it lends itself actually to a more lifestyle, you know, whole of life kind of chat and set up. So that's been interesting for me. Well, the, the L is life. That's what the L stands for in LSI. That's right. Yeah. So, Jared, as we uh, close out today and we look at the future, staying focused on the future, what do you think COVID-19 is going to bring for SHAPE and then probably for or other organisations? What's your view? A really on-the-spot question. Well, it's going to test our resilience. It's going to test, which ultimately will you know, be a test of culture, those deep underlying uh, parts of culture. And I'm very, very confident we're going to come through that well. And looking through to the other side of it, as I said before, I think there's going to be some opportunities and great opportunities on the other side of it. And in our space and talking about working from home, etc. in parts of our sectors in the office fit-out sector. I think that might look different moving forward, the way the way offices are used and the way they look mm. and feel. So we're, we're mindful of that and, you know, we need to be nimble if and when those things change. 
and just I think generally that strong economic kick that'll come. We don't know when, but it will come. You know, you've got to be positioned to take advantage of that. And to me, a big part of being positioned to take advantage of the rebound is keeping a great team of people together through the downturn part of it, mm. which we're doing at the moment. We're determined that uh, that'll continue to be the case because that that essentially is our ability to, when the economy bounce back, bounces back, that's our ability to get out there and take advantage of uh, all the work that's going to be out there. Yeah, and it will come. So it's, it's positioning yourself to be in the right spot when it does. I liked your first word and I liked your closing, Jared. I think it is teaching us to be resilient and it's tough for leaders and I think leaders being authentic, being open, being caring, looking out for themselves. And you're right, it will bounce back. So the challenge for all of us is to make sure we're ready for there when it bounces back and capitalize on those opportunities that will come and you need your team to do that. So keeping our people is very, very important. Jared, you're our... uh most frequent guest. I think this is a third appearance, if I'm not mistaken. So we we'll have to send you. You need to get a new, you need to get a new talent agent. <laughs> we we'll have to send you some kind of certificate or something. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks for your time today and for sharing those insights about you know how Shape are, are traveling through the crisis and also your insights on you know coaching and doing the debriefs as well. It's been really interesting and, and useful. I hope for our audience out there. Thanks, Dom, and thanks, DB. It's always uh, always great. Great to talk to you both. Thanks, Jared. Very constructive as always, mate. Keep it going. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, Email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.